It's time for Love Talk with the Love Ladies, Kathy, Harry, and Evelyn. Love talking today about why church. Stay tuned. Thank you, Gabby. This is Evelyn Davison in the studio today with two of the sweetest and most beautiful women I know, Miss Carrie and Miss Kathy Enderbrock. Happy New Year. <laughs> <laughs> it is kind of a happy new year for you. Welcome back, Miss well, Evelyn. Thank you. Thank that you. was so great to have you open the show just now. I got I got goosebumps on my arms. Well, I mean, well, it's been a little right. side you know, a little side trip, but uh I've had those before, and this one lasted a little bit longer than I planned for it to. Um, but, you know, when you get old, your body begins to slow down a little bit. And so that's why I tell myself now, slow down, Evelyn. you still got a few few more days left. And that's so right. it is exciting. But uh, we are excited about where we are with Love Talk because in just a few weeks, we're going to be celebrating our 35th anniversary. That is an accomplishment. I, I think that's so incredible. I do not know anybody in this city that has done anything uh, in the way of radio. And well, and we just thank all of our listening friends and all of the, the, our old friends that have been with us over the years and our new ones that have been joining in with us. And just thank you so much. We've just had we have such a fun time when we come in and when we're preparing the program, we get excited about our topic, excited about a guest that we're going to have in. And we just hope you guys get as much of it out of it as we do. Well, I tell you, it's been it's been so fun, Miss Evelyn. Um, you know, just earlier this summer, I ran into several people, like almost back to back to back, it, within you know a week of one another. One was like the guy at the AT and T store. He goes, "You're you're you're a love lady," <laughs> and I just I couldn't even believe it. I, my mouth just dropped open. Mackenzie was with me, and she kind of teased me about it. She was like, "Oh." Oh, look at you, Mom. You know, whatever. I just, it made my heart so happy to know that um, our listeners are there. And we would love to hear from you listeners. You know, we have a Facebook page. You can also always call us on the love line, 512-249-6535. But thank you for being so faithful. And we're just happy to tag along on your coattails, Miss oh Evelyn, for these last few years. They're a little bit ragged right now. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's okay. It is okay because um, we know without any shadow of doubt at all that the Lord is preparing great and mighty things for us. And when, you know, 35 years ago when I woke up, I was, we had this opportunity to help bring a Christian radio uh, to Austin. Uh, I, we prayed and Ben said, are you sure you can do this? And I said, no. <laughs> but I said, we'll help them raise the money and then let's see what happens. And so I remember so vividly the night before I had to tell the engineers, you know, I will do it. And, and they wanted me to do a Saturday, Saturday program, which is what we've done all the years. And so I, I believe that that there is a scripture in the in God's word that says, "Give your brain an assignment, and He will teach you in the middle of the night." So <laughs> if you go to bed with Him, you know you're going to wake up with Him. So the next morning, I said, "Okay, Lord, uh, I've got to make a decision. What do you want me to do, and what should I do?" And uh, it was just like He wrote it on the wall. Why don't you try it? You might like it. And so we've got 35 years of that now, and I'm excited that it's you, both of you sweet ladies. Y'all are just absolutely above the edge. And uh, I know during the summer while I've been out, I've just sat back and, oh, just praise God that he has raised you up to uh, just talk. Just talk. Well, 
Pray we're good at that, right, Kathy? I, you know, and I like <laughs> that we get to talk sometimes about the hard questions and maybe the stuff that other people aren't willing to talk about. I like that. I, You know, I think mm-hmm. so many times you meet people in, in church and there's these very mm-hmm. clean conversations. And, and um, so I like that we get to kind of press into some difficult conversations. And I love the two of you always press me to be more genuine you know i mean there's, oh, there's you know sometimes you're like oh my gosh this is an ugly you're story the brain, Do I have to, you, and uh, oh. you know just getting to share all those stories yeah. the good ones the ugly ones and you know and how god has worked with us to get us through and you know life it is a beautiful life but boy it can be a messy life and there are these you talk about mountains and valleys there are these ups and these downs and i love that god will love us through it all and i'm i'm just so grateful that he gives us friends as well who will love us through it all mm-hmm. and you know today is just like any other program we're going to press into a hard topic and it might kind of be a hot button for some of our listeners maybe a bit taboo but we're going to discuss why church we're going to look at 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 these this question about why are we called to be the church. What does that even mean? Why is the church important or or is it? Is it important? Why do we even go to church? Why do we even have to? Um, and so we're going to get personal friends. You know, my mom was here earlier for another program and she always says share and share alike. And so <laughs> we're going to share. We're going to all share our personal experience today. And most importantly, we're going to get into the Bible and see what it tells us, what God tells us about church and what it's intended to be. What is our scripture today? Oh, this one I love because this was one that I had read a lot of times, but I hadn't really seen it until I was getting ready for this program. It's in the New Testament, in the book of Ephesians, chapter 5, towards the end of chapter 5, verses 26 through 27. And it says, Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing that she might be holy and without blemish. That's a beautiful church. Mm. It is. And it's a her. And it's a her. (laughs) (laughs) Have you thought about that? Yes. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. It's like a mother, uh, I think is what um, the Living Bible says. But, you know, it is so exciting to know that what he wrote with his life, the Lord Jesus, is available to us today mm-hmm. in a way that can make a difference in our life and the life of others. Absolutely. You know, church has played a vital role in my life. Um, many of my listening friends, you guys know my father recently passed away. And one of the things that I was so blessed by is my parents' friends from church. You know, they've been going to the same church now for 35 years. And so some of the people that I kind of called my bonus parents growing up, you know, I grew up with their kids and they're still friends with my parents. They're still all at this church. And um, just the phone calls, the, the text messages, people just, and I loved this, show up. No phone call, no text message, just come knock on the door and bringing food, bringing whatever, you know, a hug. And every single person that left that house said to me, Carrie, if your mom does not call me, if you know that your mom is struggling and she won't call me, you pick up the phone and you call mm-hmm. me. You, you have my number, right? I, every, without, I was shocked. Every single person. 
And those are church friends. Those are friends that have come along beside my parents and have loved on my parents through life. They've just done life together. And so that's a beautiful thing about church and about people in a building that have one thing in common, Jesus. Mm -hmm. Right? They have that foundation, and they just are loving on my mom, and I'm so thankful for that. That has been a huge blessing to me. And so I would encourage all our friends as you listen to this show today to be thinking of it in that light. As we talk about some of the messy things about church, some of the things about church that make us uncomfortable or that we don't understand fully, I want us to have that beautiful picture of people coming alongside um, to to be a helper uh, and to just do life with. Mm-hmm. I mean, because I would guess, Carrie, that your parents hadn't found the perfect church. Oh, this goodness, is, no. This yeah. church has been through um, over 35 years many things that, and my mom actually worked at the church for a while and um, went through a very, very, very hard time with a pastor that was um, very unscrupulous, mm-hmm. and um, and he hurt her deeply. Mm-hmm. And uh, my mom realized that that was a human being hurting her and not uh, the church hurting her. Mm-hmm. That, that was a human. Whether he was mm-hmm. a pastor or, or you know, just a, another person in the church, that didn't matter. That was a human that was hurting her and that was being very unscrupulous and that was hurting the whole church. Um, and so she was never angry at the church because she was able to separate the, the fact that um, that that's just a human. Yeah. Um, and so yes, this church this this church is not. No, is any church perfect? We're not perfect as humans. You know, there, there was this thing that I read. It said, if you go and you find the perfect church, you better not join it. Because the minute you do, it's going to be imperfect. Yeah. I think, you know, the, the, the one, one of these days when church will be perfect is on the other side of heaven. When we are standing and we are looking at the head of the church. We are his bride and he has Mm. cleansed us and we are without spot and without blemish, without any wrinkles. Yay. (laughs) And uh, in our beautiful wedding dress, getting ready for that wedding banquet, then we will be able to behold the perfect church. But it is not going to happen while our feet are still standing on this planet. Mm -hmm. Um, So it has been, wow, it's been a full summer. Carrie, it's been such a huge summer for you. Mm -hmm. Evelyn, such a, a big summer for you and and some really trying uh, moments I, I think for me my oldest daughter going off to Baylor it has been a we have had a super fun fit everything in at the last minute that you can possibly <laughs> fit in kind of summer and now we're getting back into this school year and um, you know I just I, I want to be honest with you when we are looking forward into this school year there are some things that Eric and I want to do differently with church that we haven't done in the past years. So I'm really looking forward to this program and what we're going to be discussing. Oh, I can't wait to hear that. Yeah, my summer was, was interesting. You know, we were supposed to go on a mission trip to Trinidad that we, um, we we pulled out, we canceled, and I'm so thankful that we did. You know, God knew. God knew that my dad was going to get sick and that those were going to be his last days. And so what that provided for us was – um, my husband was off work. My daughter was off work. I was free. Logan was free. And so we were all able to spend that time 
just um, coming alongside my mom and dad and, and with our family. What a blessing. I mean, God knew. He knew mm-hmm. that we weren't going to go to Trinidad and that the team was going to be just fine without us, but we were going to use that time in a different way. So, yeah, just a really different summer for us. I'm, I got all the feels, Kathy, as we started school this week. Um, I felt all the feels because I have two high schoolers now, mm-hmm. and oh. I just thought to myself, this is kind of the beginning of the end of them under my roof. And I, I, I did. I I felt it in my bones. I felt this like tightening in my chest. Um, so I want to hold on tight. Friends, when we return to Love Talk, we will get into this topic of why church? Why? Why? What does the Bible say about church? And how can we apply that to our lives to find a place where we fit and where we can worship him? When we return to Love Talk right after this. Why church, friends? Welcome back to today's Christian Talk and the Love Ladies. That's what we're discussing amongst the three of us, Evelyn Davison, Kathy Enderbrock, and me, Coach Carrie Brinkater. Why church? Why why do we do this thing called church? Uh, I remember growing up that, you know, it wasn't an option. We just went. It's what we did. There, there was no Saturday morning, or excuse me, Sunday morning, like going on the boat out at the lake, or you know, sleeping in and having coffee on the back porch. It was church. It's what you did. That's what we all. That's what we did. And most of my friends growing up were my church friends, uh, my good friends. Uh, so it, it's been a blessing. Now, I, listening friends, we we want to be very honest with you today. We we feel incredibly inadequate to discuss this profoundly and important topic. Uh, we're going to do the best that we can to look into God's word, to dive deep into his scripture so that we can be honest in sharing not only our personal experiences, but be honest in sharing what the scripture tells us about church. And it first, the word ecclesia um, appears in the New Testament. There is not a single mention of church in the Old Testament. Now, they do talk about assemblies or gatherings of God's people, which would be similar. Uh, however, the word used in the New Testament does not have an, a, a perfect equivalent to to either of those words in the Old Testament. So this word, ecclesia, in fact, there is a church in Houston called Ecclesia. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a young man that I grew up with pastors this church. It's a huge church. And um, he's a Baylor grad, Kathy. Wow. And um, okay. he, he pastors this church that he calls Ecclesia. And this word is formed from two roots, ek, meaning out of or from, and the word kaleo, meaning to call, to invite, to give a name to, or to bear a name. So this beautiful word, ecclesia, and I really hope I'm pronouncing that right, is a gathering or an assembly called out or bearing a name. So we see the first time the word church is used in the Bible is in the New Testament, when Christ, of course, gets very personal and passionate in his conversation with Peter, and he refers to my 
church. I can just see this scene, right, with Jesus and Peter, and and probably he's being demonstrative in some way, and he says, my church. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overpower it. That's in Matthew um, 16, 18. So a better question for us to ask might be, what is the church? Well, simply put, the church is the assembly and fellowship of followers of Jesus Christ. Followers of Jesus Christ. Matthew eighteen twenty. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among them. Now, Kathy, it's, I want to make sure that we have this distinction here. I mean, in, in our view, in our Christian view, what is the church? It is an assembly and a fellowship of followers of Jesus Christ. So that doesn't mean just anything is a church. Not when we talk about the church that we find in God's word. So it's not any assembly or any gathering of people for any purpose or, you know, a a church who maybe worships the tree and mother nature. Like Christ would look at that and go, oh, yeah, no, that that that's not a church. Mm -hmm. That's that's not my church. Mm -hmm. So we're talking about when we see the church used over and over again in the New Testament, um, it, it is mentioned repeatedly. We see the church in, in Jerusalem, throughout all Judea, Galilee, Samaria. We see just so many mentions, and we are talking about the church of God, the church of the living God. Um, and, and Evelyn, I know that you have this list, too, of all the different mentions of the church as we see it in the New Testament. Well, you know... Um A church in Jerusalem was a rarity. Mm-hmm. It was mm. the first one of the first things. When Jesus looked at Peter one day and he said, "Upon this rock I will build my church," uh, we don't think about when we build a church today that we're building it on a rock. Mm. We're building it on the the very um, presence of the living God, the Holy Spirit, and the Lord Jesus. And, you know, when you look at it, um, sometimes it uh, you think it's just not right. It's wounded. It's, it's broken. It's no longer uh, effective. And those things make a difference in how we worship if we're not real careful. Well, you know, I love it when, when uh, in the New Testament, and this is an amazing thing that I realized when I was looking in the New Testament, most of the New Testament is actually written to the church. <laughs> okay, it was originally mostly a series of letters that were sent to specific churches in all these different locations to address specific challenges they were facing. And so we have the Church of God at Corinth, the Churches of Asia, Churches of Macedonia, Churches of Galatia, the Church of the Laodiceans, Church of the Thessalonians. We have um, the church that meets in her home, the church that meets in their home, the church in Sincrea, uh, the church at Antioch. And so when we're talking about the church uh, it really is not talking about different denominations or different belief systems, but it's de- denoting the different locations that the church of God uh, was meeting and assembling and gathering in worship, in prayer, 
um, in teaching, in discipling. And so I, I just love it that, you know, when we start to delineate between all of our different denominations, uh, you know, that that's they, they didn't look at it that way in the New Testament. When the um, when Paul or Peter or James was writing to all of these different churches, they were writing to God's church mm-hmm. that was united through his Holy Spirit and um, that was meant to be the body of Christ um, through which God's power would be manifest to, mo- to mankind on earth. And there's this beautiful scripture in Ephesians 3.10. It says, so that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and the authorities in the heavenly places. The church of God is meant to just be this shining beacon, not just to um, to 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 mankind on the earth, but to all of those in the heavenly places, you better believe that the enemy is watching what the church is doing. And it says that even some of these things God kept uh, as a mystery to the angels that he is now revealing to man. It's just amazing. The church is such a profoundly unique, incredible um, creation that, that God brought into being through the death of Christ. Well, and Kathy, you you mention um, in your notes here that you read a book um, by Francis Chan called Letters to the Church. Mm-hmm. Tell us what you found profound um, in this in this book. Well, so my mom called me one morning and she goes, Kathy, I just finished the best book I have read in 20 years. Oh, and my. My mom is a prolific reader. And so I thought, okay, so lit- I am talking with her and downloading this on my Kindle while I'm I'm speaking with her. And it's all about uh, the church and, and, and what the church looked like in the days of the New Testament. And, and, and Francis Chan looks at what what the church looks like today and he just helps us to take a look at assessing where we are at spiritually with where the those the original church was at spiritually and one of the things that he calls out that i had never thought of um so francis chan says that that one of the worst punishments in the old testament for a christian was being removed from the body of Christ, being thrown out of fellowship um, from the believers that gathered together. Mm. Yet today, people will remove themselves from this fellowship by choosing not to go. And so he says, why is it that what in the days of the early church was the worst punishment possible we are now doing to ourselves out Mm. of choice today and i mean that just you know that got me thinking and i was just ready to devour this book wow it you know that it's interesting that we we make choices today that impact us more than we know because maybe we're making a choice out of convenience right oh i'm so tired it was such a long week. I'm just going to sleep in on Sunday morning, right? We make this these choices out of convenience, whereas in the Old Testament, this was a punishment 
to not be in fellowship with believers. And that word fellowship, I just find so important. You know, we might say, okay, well, we're just going to, I'm just going to stay home today and read my Bible, right? That's church for me. Well, part of being church is being in fellowship with other believers that can hold you accountable, that can love on you, that can uh, come to your aid if you need it, that that are just there to help you and come along beside you and also a way for you to serve them in a fellowship of believers. Well, and there's this scripture in Ephesians 5:29. It says that Christ nourishes carefully protects and cherishes the church and if we walk away from the church we're walking away from that nourishment that careful protection of that fellowship and assembly and and god cherishing us in those moments and our most amazing times of worship and prayer and fellowship are meant to be when we are gathering together with god's people carrie Mm. i would love you know because you talk so honestly and openly with this stuff I mean, do you think it's okay to stop going to church? Have you ever stopped going to church? Well, our listening friends will have to wait uh. for that answer. <laughs> um, I will tell you, after we hear a word from our beautiful sponsors, many of these sponsors have been with Miss Evelyn for over 30 years. We love them and we thank them for continuing to support our show here on Love Talk so that we can talk about these hard things. When we return to Love Talk, I'll tell you what my opinion is on um, stopping the ritual of going to church and if I have ever done that in my life. When we return to Love Talk, right after this. And welcome back, friends. This is Kathy and Brock, and you're joining us on Love Talk. In studio today is Coach Carrie Brinkader and Miss Evelyn Davison, the First Lady of Love, and we are talking to you about why church? We're talking to each other about <laughs> why church. And so I'm really interested in this question, Carrie. When we were going out, we were talking about uh, that in the the New Testament, when the church was originally, you know, at its kind of birth stages and just growing dramatically, the worst punishment that you could get was being thrown out of the fellowship of believers mm-hmm. of Jesus Christ. And yet today, people are doing that themselves. They're, they're, they're just not going. They say, well, I'm a Christian, but I, I don't want to go. And um, so in this book that I was reading, Letters to the Church by Francis Chan, he says, what has happened and what are we calling church today that, that when the church was founded, it was a horrible punishment, and yet today we're doing it uh, to ourselves. Do you have a, a story, Carrie, or, or what are your thoughts on just not, not going to church? I think it's a bad idea. <laughs> Let me tell you why. It's um, consuming. <laughs> right. I, I think we should all be involved in a fellowship of believers, and here's why. Um, when I went to college, and it, many of you guys have heard my story, I I really turned my back on um, pretty much everything having to do with the church. And when I first got to college, I did uh, attend a church, and I actually um, – kind of got hooked up with a lady that became my mentor. And then I never darkened the door of the church for the next three years. Um, But she continued to call me and and have me for meals and uh, help me out with some things. But the reason I didn't go to church is because I felt like a hypocrite. I felt like I was doing all of these things in the dark and secret. And why should I bring my dirtiness to the church? And frankly, did I really want to quit? 
the things that I was doing in the darkness and in secret, um, I probably deep down did. And, of course, I did get to that place of brokenness where I just I, I cried out to God. Um, but had I been involved with a fellowship of believers, would I have been more apt to not go to those parties on Saturday night so that I could get up on Sunday morning and go to church? Um, yes, I do. I do believe that. Had I found my people on campus at school, had I found some other believers that that could hold me accountable? <laughs> yeah, I think my path would have been very, very different. So, yes, go to church. <laughs> I. It doesn't matter where you are in life. Go. You will find people who will love on you right where you are. Bring the, the, the church is not a place for, for perfect people. The, the, the church is a hospital. It's a place where we go to, to find healing. It's a place where we go to, to have our, our wounds, to put salve on our wounds. That's, that's where we go. And so I, I shudder to think of this notion that we can't bring our dirtiness and our brokenness into the doors of a church because that place is too clean because it's not it's not everybody there is dealing with something and just because our sin feels worse or feels dirty or feels ugly that doesn't it doesn't mean that somebody else may not be going through exactly the same thing that you are and so i would caution us to not step away from the church i i would i would highly caution us and and i would say to to find a place where people love on you and where you feel like you can uh bring your problems and uh bring your brokenness and share those within a community that will pray for you and that will love on you and frankly i find those places safe I find, like, my Sunday school class, I know they're, like, called life groups now or whatever. I still call them Sunday school, whatever. You know, your small group, right? Your small group, is the, those are the people that you trust with your problems. And you say, man, I'm really struggling with X. Or, gosh, you know, my, my kid is going through this. Or, you know, those are the people that will come along beside you and pray for you and really lift you up. So, Kathy, to answer your question, um, yes, I have stopped going to church. And it was one of the biggest mistakes I ever made in my life. Wow. All right. So there you have it. Thank you. That is, and, and this is one of the things that, that got me in this book when it talked so straightforward. It said, look, your most powerful period of prayer should be when you are assembling with others in prayer. And, and he brought us back to that verse in Matthew that said, we're two or more gathered there. I am. You want to experience the presence of God? Go and and go to church and pray with those in your church. And I have to say, when I looked back on it, where I have had some wonderful, incredible moments with the Lord Mm -hmm. in my prayer closet, when I looked at it, honestly, I had to say, yeah, my most powerful moments of prayer were when I was with other believers praying together in unity Miss um, Evelyn, I really want to hear your 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 take on this as well. Have Have you ever experienced something powerful in church that you just have experienced nowhere else? One of the things that um, that the Lord used in my life to show me the value of church. You know, I kind of, uh, I did not grow up in a Christian home, and uh, you know, it was like, and we. My dad was not wealthy, but we had plenty of everything. And so on Easter Sunday, we got a pair of Mary Jane's, you know, black patent leather and bonnets and all that stuff. The outside, and never really understood what 
Easter was. Mm-hmm. Uh, until he was drafted into the Navy during World War II, we had to move where my grandparents were. Uh, and out of that, uh, we had a neighbor that was the banker that kind of took us over and looked after us. And he invited us to go to church. And my mom said, we are not church people. Mm. We are not church people. Uh, it, as it turned out, it was a, during that period in my life that a teacher led me to faith in Christ. And uh, one of the first things we did is uh, we wrote a little play and uh, we uh, made Muppets. And we, we, they, the church had this thing where you got, but you know, they don't do that anymore. Now they do it other ways. But we did in the church, invitation time, this little thing that we wrote. And suddenly it dawned on me, what is this all about? You know, what is it? And so they, I'd never been to church. So they invited us to come back next Sunday for, for Bible study, and they called it Sunday school. Right. And so we went back, and, and I guess there were about 30 people in their high school. And um, I sat there, and the boys went one way, and the girls went the other. And I just sat there. And finally, I just cried. I didn't know. I mean, it, there was nothing that connected me to the others that were there. Ended up, the, the superintendent came in and led me to the Lord. Uh, in mining vans uh, life uh, in Austin, we have helped build 14 churches. Wow. 14. Out of that 14, two of them failed. Uh, and there were reasons for that. The, guy, the, the young man that was the pastor wanted to go back to seminary, and, and it just didn't fit. Mm-hmm. And so another congregation bought the building. But one of the things that I learned in all of that, every time you build a church, you're building a kingdom. You know, it is, it's not like a, a Saturday afternoon tea party. <laughs> it, is a, it is kingdom. Because Jesus said, upon this rock, you know, I will build my church. Um, we had some really sad experiences about that. But, you know, when it all came down to it, um, the last church we started was an old-fashioned church. had about 40 people. And that was all they had. And so we had a young pastor that we knew of. He came out, and we lived at the lake at that time. And uh, I kid you not, within a year, we had a congregation of over 200. And in six years, we built, we, God built that church over about 600 people. Wow. Now, if you go there, it's it's four or five blocks for all the facilities out in in um, Cedar Park, Leander area. You know, when you look at church, you can't look at it as a building for entertainment or whatever. It's a building to build the soul of a, a person, an individual, that's seeking to serve the Lord Jesus. And sometimes we are pushed outside. Sometimes our ideas are not good. But one of the things that, that I, when I think about prayer, I think about the Brooklyn Tabernacle Church. They have about 5,000 every Sunday in basement to pray when their pastor is preaching. And that church started out with about 10 people. Mm-hmm. And God's blessed it. Why? Because he, named, he ordained it. You know, he, he put his name on it. And so sometimes we just think church is just a place you go and, you know, you dress up or, you know, you get to have, see your friends or whatever. It's not. Church is a personal experience with the Lord Jesus mm-hmm. and the love that he has to give to us in a way that we can expose her 
expose that to a world, people that are looking. That's why we, we call this program Love Talk. <laughs> because when, he, when we were praying about whether to do it 35 years ago, I asked the Lord, would you do it, Lord, or should I do it? And number two, what should we call it? The next morning I said, and I believe in the night you give your brain an assignment and God answers. Mm-hmm. The scripture says that in Old Testament. So the next morning I asked that question, you know, uh, Lord, what would you do? And, uh, you know, what, what would you call it? And so he just said, I would talk about love. Nobody talks about love. <laughs> so we've done that 35 years. Whether it's good or bad or it's mediocre, it fills a need in the lives of a lot of people who don't go to church, mm-hmm. who don't go to church, who need to. You know, one of the things that I love about this verse in Ephesians and, and when we're talking about God loving us, when we walk into church to get loved on mm-hmm. means that we are loved as a daughter of Christ, as a son of the one true God. But at church, it says that he is cleansing us. By washing, it says, cleansing her by the washing of water with the word. So when we go to church, we're going to be washed. We're, there's going to be some sanctifying going on. <laughs> um, he is going to be, it says he is going to be present himself there. And uh, so I, I love that when we go to church, there is some cleansing. There's some washing. Mm-hmm. And I remember getting scrubbed sometimes by my mom in the bathtub when I was little. And I had some stuff that wouldn't come off. <laughs> and she'd get out a wash rag. And it would hurt. And my skin would be red by the time I was mm-hmm. done. But I knew that I was going to be clean coming out of there. And so I think when we go into church knowing we're we're going here, it's a place um, just to be loved and knowing that there are things that um, are not going to be pleasing to God, and I'm going to go and bring those, and I'm going to let him scrub that mess yes. away. Mm-hmm. Um, so, friends, thank you so much. We, we are at the end of our third segment. We have one last segment to be with you, and there's something so important that we want to talk about. Um, the church and how it is seen, there's a, a verse in John that says, whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? So what might Christ say if he says, show me the church? You know, he <laughs> say, show me the money, show me the church. What does that mean? We're going to be talking about that in our last segment. We're going to go and hear from our amazing sponsors. Stay with us. We'll be back right after this. Hello, friends. Welcome back to today's Christian Talk. You have found the love ladies, and we're so grateful and thankful that you are here. There's a reason why you are listening to this show today, why you have found us today. Topic is, why church? And the Bible is so specific on so many things. I've talked about a time in my life when I stepped away from the church. Very big mistake. Uh, Miss Evelyn talked about her experiences with church. Now, Kathy, um, I'm sure that there has been a time in your life where you've experienced something powerful in church that maybe you couldn't experience anywhere else. Can you can you talk us through that? Yes. I mean, so this is the one thing that was such a surprise to me because, um, you know, I had grown up in surrounded by prayer and, you know, my mom would pray with me and I would go to bed at night listening to my great grandmother, you know, pray for me audibly by name and she would pray for everyone in the household. And I just thought I kind of knew everything about prayer. And um, when I was in Australia, I, I, I started learning how to pray myself, that this is a personal relationship with God, not something for um, 
the dance store. That's right. That's right. Not, and that, not something for someone else to do. If I had a problem, it, I wasn't supposed to call my mom and have her pray for me, which, I mean, it's fine to do that, but I needed to be able to pray. So I had learned a lot about prayer. Well, I was back in the States. I had been just really actively engaged in a personal relationship with the Lord for a number of years and actively impre- uh, engaged with prayer and having developing that personal prayer life. Um, and my church, this gal at my church, um, wanted to help other women experience prayer and learn about prayer. So she hosted a little party at her home, and it was called Popcorn Prayer. And she wanted to teach women just basic popcorn prayer, that prayer was easy, it was simple, it didn't have to be elaborate, it didn't have to be with a lot of words. And so we came over to her house. We all had a lovely lunch, and then we broke up into these groups of five. And so we were in all these different place, places within her house, and, and then there was a leader, and then that leader led us through popcorn prayer. And, it, you know, the premise of it was you, you basically walk through certain things, adoration um, and thanksgiving, walk through certain elements of prayer, and you can only say, like, one or two little words that come to mind. So you can't pray big sentences and you don't go one person then the next person then the next person it's if you have something to like when she says lord um we we praise you we just want to come and praise you now someone might say because you are almighty another one might say i praise you for that you're amazing creator and um and so you know you you don't take turns you just say what comes to mind and 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 after no one can no one is pressed to say anything more in that particular area then you move on to the to the next area um and i just thought oh it's so simple and so basic and i really wasn't expecting much from it and we were praying and it was just the first time that i really felt the presence of the holy spirit Mm -hmm. just this fullness and this lightness and this love and this peace and this like excitement you know you can only express it with like a thousand different words and none of Mm -hmm. them is the right word and it was so incredible and so afterwards after we were done I wanted to jump up and go like oh my gosh (laughs) did you feel that that was amazing did you feel that and then but I thought well they must have all felt that and this is just this is this they're they this is only new for you, Kathy. This isn't new for them. Like, they experience this every time in prayer. It's just because you're such a, a newbie. And so I, you know, I and looking back, I wish I had jumped up and down and went like, wow, did you experience what I just experienced? That was incredible. Um, but I just look back on that and go, well, it was an assembly with ladies who really did want to pursue God's heart, who really did want to press into that relationship, gathering together some who were experienced, some who were middle of the road, some who were just beginners. And, you know, God really honored that. I thought it was so incredible. And had I not been in church, I would have completely missed that, completely missed that. And I've never had an experience like that in Mm. my personal prayer time. Wow. So being in fellowship Mm -hmm. with believers, and these were women, um, coming along together, uh, just, I, I use the word just, but that, that's true, right? Just praying. Mm-hmm. Wow. And what, yeah. and I know, friends, that you can hear Kathy in her voice as she's speaking about this with such passion, passion. 
those same emotions are flooding her again as she reflects back on that time. And that's what church and fellowship does for us. Um, you know, so many amazing times. Now, you know, Kathy, there, I know there, are, we've got a lot of our listening friends, Miss Evelyn, that may say, you know what? I've been hurt by the church. I'm not going back to the church. I've been hurt there. You know, somebody said something to me. Somebody did something. And I think we have to be very careful to understand that our people in leadership, you know, whoever's the chairman of the personnel or the the chairman of the finance committee or the, the church secretary or the pastor or whatever, they're all humans, and um, they all experience the same temptations that we do in our life as well. And to put somebody in church leadership up on a pedestal is a, is a really dangerous thing. Um, years ago, uh, when Ashley and I uh, moved into a, a home in Georgetown, um, we were blessed to have some across-the-street neighbors that moved in just maybe about a year after we did. And they were unchurched, and they really didn't know anything about the church. And so we're like, hey, you know, come to our church, come to our church. And a very long story short, they have accepted Christ. They're just amazing, amazing people. And so along their journey, I said, hey, I just, I just want to caution you guys about something. Just remember that I know you love our pastor and you love our 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 leader of worship and um, all of these things are so exciting but just remember they're humans and so you know they're people too and we we all um at some point in our lives will make mistakes and you may not always agree with the decisions that they make but that's life right and we just we find ways to move forward and um because I just didn't want them you know to 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 have a bad experience or to have a distorted view about what the church is and who who encompasses the church. So don't so friends out there if you're saying I've been hurt by the church, you know what? Try again. Mm-hmm. Try again because we're all human and just like you may say something to your husband and hurt his feelings um, that's church, too. That's going to happen within a body of believers as well. Well, and I think, you know, if we want to receive grace and God pours out his grace on us. I think we have a tendency to become spoiled little children, but when we Mm. have to pour out grace Mm. on others, we realize what it costs. We realize when we have to hold our tongue, Mm. when we have to go and encourage, when we have to look past the offense, when we have to refuse to, to take on the offense, when we have to live out forgiveness and live out grace, that is when we truly start to appreciate the grace that we have been shown. And, you know, at church, church requires grace for people to extend grace to us and for us to extend grace to others. I call it the race of grace. You know, it is, we're going toward the goal of being like Jesus and, and doing those things that would bring honor and glory to him. And, um, it is grace, G-R-A-C-E, folks. Well, Join us. <laughs> absolutely. And, you know, the church is about the body of Christ coming together. And it, it, we come together for several purposes, to fellowship and worship and prayer, to share the good news of Christ, and to serve others with love in the name of Christ. And when we're serving, isn't that just filled with just loads and loads of grace and um you know, when we serve others, I find that I'm so incredibly blessed by the ones I'm serving many times. Uh, the church was never meant to hold up or give up or blend in. The church is 
is meant to be a light in the darkness, a light that will not be snuffed out, but that will grow brighter as the days grow darker. And, you know, Kathy, it's it's such an encouragement whenever you find a place where you feel like you fit. And so to our listening friends out there, I would encourage you to, there are so many churches. There's, and it's not about the denomination per se, as long as it is a Bible-believing church that believes Jesus came to this earth as a baby, that he died to forgive us of our sins, to cleanse us of our sins, that he rose again on the third day. So Bible churches with the name, you know, such and such Bible church, a Baptist church, whatever feels right to you. There's some churches that are more into rituals. There's some some churches that are more into worship. But, um, you know, preaching the name of Jesus and, and believing those things is key. Absolutely. And the, you want a church who wants you to open your Bible. Yes. That's, <laughs> I, I think that the, one of the things that I love about um, our church, Main Street in Georgetown, and, and Eagle Christian Church that we go to in um, Boise, is that um, they want us. The pastor says, open your Bible, read this. We're going through the book of Ephesians right now in Idaho. And he made us all sign a contract saying that during this series, we would read through the book of Ephesians from start to finish four times. Oh, wow. So get in a, a, a church that preaches scripture, preaches from the scripture, does not compromise it. It does not look like the world looks. It is different. It is unique. And it is a believing, worshiping, prayerful church. Friends, we just want to encourage you, if you can't tell, go and find a church. <laughs> it is worth the investment. Go and, if you need to, check out four or five and then choose the one. But make sure you choose that one. Um, remember, Christ loved the church, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word. He nourishes and cherishes the church. You want to be a part of that. And, friends, it all starts with that personal relationship with Christ, that ABCs, admit that you, are the, that you are a sinner. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Believe that Jesus Christ is God's Son, that he died on that cross and rose again to offer that free gift of salvation and the power that you need in this life. Confess your faith in Jesus Christ. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Friends, it has been a great time of Love Talk, talking with you about why church. Email or call us on the Love Line at 512-249-6535. We'll send you a Bible, and you can go listen to our archives on lovetalknetwork.com. This is Kathy Enderbrock joining you today with Coach Kerry Brinkater and Evelyn Davison. Thank you for joining us on Love Talk. We'll be with you again next week.